So what's your podcast about? Superheroes. It's a little geeky, but I think you guys are going to like it. Try not to be too geeky. No, I can't promise that. Should we begin? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. And now, your hosts, Kelsey Dickerson, Brad Fay, Kate Fay, and Noah Berlin. Hold on to your butts. Welcome to the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. My name is Noah Berlin. I'm here with Superhero Faces contributors, Ali Grefsheim and Travis Baker, who are here making their podcast debuts. So today is all about House of Dragons, sixth episode titled The Princess and the Queen. On this episode, we've got the MVPs, we've got the LVPs, we've got cringe moments and much more. Make sure to keep the conversation going with us, though, by leaving your thoughts in the comments section. Make sure to subscribe, like, and follow us on social media as well. But before we talk about the craziness from this week's episode, Ali G is going to let us know about a number of new Game of Thrones spinoffs that have been announced as we return to Westeros. Go ahead, Ali. Yep, so I will be delivering the news today. Like Noah said, Game of Thrones spinoffs. We got a couple, um, first and foremost, Jon Snow series. Um, Kit Harrington will actually be reprising his role as the, as the currently untitled Jon Snow spinoff. Um, we have one about the Sea Snake. It is a House of the Dragon prequel series following the early years of Corlys Valerion as he earned his reputation through his infamous adventures as a naval warrior. We have A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, which is based on George R. R. Martin's novellas of the same name. The story will fo focus on Sir Duncan the Tall and Aegon Targaryen the Fifth, nicknamed Dunk and Egg, which I find very funny. Um, and then multiple animated series based on the Game of Thrones universe, um, including the Golden Empire, and it will be done in various styles of animation, similar to Netflix's Love, Death, and Robots. Hmm. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but I am not a big prequel person. Even at the end of Game of Thrones, when they, you know, set all these prequels to release, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch that. But, like, obviously House of the Dragon is just turning out so good and so true to Game of Thrones that I absolutely cannot wait for these, specifically the Jon Snow series. Like, I think it's absolutely incredible that Kit Harington, we're going to see him again. So what about you, Noah? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked for all of them. I read The Night of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, it's, I want to say three different stories all put into one uh, one book. And so that's pretty cool. It's it's much more kind of lighthearted there. But obviously, the Jon Snow one is the most exciting. Kit Harington's that dude. And I actually read that he was the one that pitched doing a spinoff show on him, which I, I get why it's like, of course you want to, you want that money and you want that work. But uh, what do you think, Travis? Well, we've, we've seen what happens when, when shows are written without George R. R. Martin and Noah, I know you hate his guts, but when shows are written after his writing, they're better. So Duncan egg is, is going to be the best one. I mean, Jon Snow is awesome, but who, who's going to write it? I mean, it's definitely, definitely Duncan egg. It's the one to watch. Although George R. R. Martin, and I don't hate his guts, he is great, you know, <laughs> creator of all these things that we like, but it just, he can't stay on topic. He can't stay focused and just write the damn yeah. books. Right. But he likes being distracted and doing all these other small projects. So maybe mm -hmm. he would just, just to mm -hmm. not write the books, he would write the Jon Snow series. So if that happened, I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with, with you though. I'm, I mean, I, I don't hate his guts like you, but it definitely, it gets old, but when he does write, it's good. That's why like, like Duncan Egg. Yeah. Yeah. No I mean, silver lining. Good call, Noah. Maybe he'll just be like anything. Do not write yeah. Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> that, that's the way he is. I swear, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
but anyway, thank you, Ali. Nice job with the news. And it's pretty cool that Game of Thrones is starting its own version of the MCU, the, the GOT cinematic universe, I guess. But anyway, uh, this is your spoiler warning. If you have not yet seen the episode, we are about to break down the princess and the queen, but there is no need to worry about spoilers for the rest of the season. The three of us have not read Fire and Blood. We stay away from all the online leaks. So everything we talk about today are just our opinions, our thoughts, our predictions. And, you know, feel free to let us know what you think about them. But onto the episode. There were definitely a lot of cringy moments in this one. We saw two horrible births, a suicide by dragon fire. We saw patricide. We saw fratricide. And we saw a teenager rubbing one out out the window. <laughs> But one of the most potentially jarring aspects of the episode was the time jump. This episode started 10 years after the previous episode with different actors and actresses playing the same roles. So, Travis, you know, I just want to know your thoughts on this time jump. How, how did you think they did with this transition? So it was actually a lot harder for me than I anticipated to just dive right back into the characters as I was like knowing them or forming opinions on them. Um, if you know me with really any show and movie, I am the contrarian queen of all shows and I tend to like the worst characters. And I know Brad has touched on this before, but simply because I find the acting to just be so phenomenal by the actor, like for the longest time, no joke, Joffrey was my favorite character because I just thought <laughs> the actor who was at Jack Leeson did such a phenomenal job that I, I was so impressed. Um, and so similar to, to that, I absolutely hate Allison. I think she is terrible. I thought this actress was phenomenal. Like I absolutely thought her portrayal of Allison completely stole the show. I thought like one note that I made that I just kept coming up was her facial expressions were just perfect. She played the part fantastically. It was wonderful. Um, also, I guess on the opposite foot, like I was a little bit of a Renera hater before this. And so getting a fresh face in there, I think <laughs> like maybe have more of a blank slate toward her. So, you know, hopefully she'll climb higher to the, than the top of last on my list. But <laughs> other than that, like obviously you were used to the time jumping, the character jumping. I, I was a little more taken aback than I thought. Hmm. I yeah, I, th I thought the, I'm back. Yeah, the, sorry about that. I think the, the good part about the time jump is the whole series so far, I've been like waiting for it. You know, I don't feel like anything really happened in the show. Like we were building to the time jump and I kind of knew the whole time that shit would really go down when the time jump happened. So we've been kind of leading to it for four or five episodes now. So now that we're finally there, I feel like stuff's going to start getting a little more real. And I, 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 I like the, the younger actresses. Maybe it'll take me a few episodes to get used to the new ones, but I liked them. I thought it was weird not having them anymore. I didn't like the new actresses as much. I, I don't know why, but we'll see. But up front, just first impression, they're not as good. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved the younger actresses. I thought Millie Alcock was amazing. <laughs> uh, Emily Carey was amazing. Um, but I think that Olivia Cook, who plays the adult Allison, I, I agree with you, Ali. I thought she was so awesome. They look so much alike. It's crazy how well the casting uh, directors did for this show. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. So I didn't notice it as much with her, but I definitely noticed a stark difference between uh, Emma, Emma Darcy, Emma, Emma Darcy and um, Millie Alcock, who play the two versions of Rhaenyra. But yeah, I know some people online kind of um, found it really jarring, the, the time difference, and, and found it hard to kind of concentrate and figure out what was going on. I didn't really think it was that bad, but I agree. Now that we're kind of moving and we're moving quickly, uh, it seems like the action is going to really pick up. But 
for some reason it, it seems so different to me in this show versus in game of thrones where game of thrones would do a kind of long game um with some of the things that they would set up some like you know for for example in this one the fire at heron hall which ended up killing two of the characters we'll talk about that a little bit later you know immediately who was behind it and their motivation for it and all that stuff. Whereas I feel like in Game of Thrones, the original one, this would have been something that we see these characters die and then like seasons down the line, it's like, oh my God, that's the guy that planned this whole the whole time. So it seems like it's a little bit more um, in your face and and they kind of spell things out for that. They explain things a little bit more to the viewers uh, than they used to in Game of Thrones. We kind of have to watch it a couple of times before picking certain things up. Yeah, going off that, I actually wrote like a whole section of notes about like the amount of times that every single person mentioned that it was the child was a bastard child, Rhaenyra's child. I was like, we get it. Like the moment Joffrey was born, which hilarious that there's another Joffrey that is a bastard. But I was like, they might as well have this playing on like a ticker tape outside of King's Landing. Like we know. And I feel like Mm -hmm. even like Cersei and Jamie's kids, it's like, we knew, but no one was coming out and saying it in front of our face. Literally, the last line Rhaenyra says is like, well, you're a Targaryen. That's all that matters. And it's just like, Jesus. But yeah. It's like the worst of- secret. It's like the worst secret ever. Because 100%. Even, even, <laughs> even like the, the, the fake the dad wasn't even like pretending. No one was pretending that he yeah, was Lainor. Uh, yeah. Lainor, yeah, yeah, I was in Lainor. A hundred percent. I have one of, one of my big notes for, to talk about was the fact that they're, in this version of Westeros, there is no subtlety whatsoever. There are no yeah. secrets. Everybody knows everything in Westeros, which is just so weird and so different. I mean, Lenor, everyone knew that this guy's gay. He like he doesn't even try to hide it. He's like hugging his boy Joffrey at the wedding. Like they're like might as well be dancing together. This one with the his name Carl, Carl with, with a Q. The- Carl with a Q. <laughs> they're like everybody knows what's going on here, and like it's just weird. I mean, yeah. the, the kids with the brown hair, Rhaenyra and Harwin, like everybody knows about it. There are a couple mm-hmm. quotes that I that I mark there, like when Lionel Strong, the Hand, is talking to his son Harwin, and and he's like talking about how he disgraced him. You got to stop doing this, and he's like, people have eyes, boy. Like everybody yeah. can see this. Um, when when Lionel tries to resign from being the hand of the king, Viserys is like, "You say there's a shadow like creeping over your house. Like what what shadow do you speak of?" And Allison's like, "Yeah, what shadow are you speaking of? Tell us." Yeah, I don't know. Right? Yeah. And Allison's like, "To have one child like that's a mistake. To have three is an insult." And then when she tells Lainor, she's like, "Do keep trying, Sir Lainor. Sooner or later, you might get one that looks like you." <laughs> it's like, dude, everyone is talking about it. Everyone knows. Yeah. They don't even lie. They don't even lie about it. The kid's like, is Harwin Strong my father? And the mom's <laughs> like, no, of course not, little little son. You're good. And she's like, she doesn't even lie to him. Like, you're a Targaryen. That's all that matters. Yeah. Doesn't Don't worry about if you're a bastard. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I know. I wrote down that sooner or later, you might get one that looks like you. And I was like, that's just such a cheap insult. Like, is this an yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue? Like, we, we get it. It's like, and mm-hmm. even the moment, the First thing I said once we saw that baby come out, I was like, "Oh, bastard child!" It was like nothing more needed to be done yeah. except like the kids. Like it was just so obvious. And I was also just so mad that Allison's kids were getting the beautiful blonde hair and Renera's weren't. Like Cersei's kids still got the whatever. Yeah, no. we'll we'll definitely talk about those kids in a moment too. But as I mentioned a little bit, a lot of things that were really cringy and kind of hard to watch. So for the cringe moment of this episode, Allie, what do you think was the toughest thing for you to get through? 
I mean, this one is obvious. That opening birth scene, I immediately threw my hands up in front of my face. I was like, we don't need to see this at all. We definitely don't need to see the cutting of the umbilical cord. And then like the afterbirth, I guess, was less offensive visually, but like afterbirth, like, (laughs) oh my God, like, oh my God. So well, then she's walking down the hallway and there's just a trail of blood behind blood, her. It's like, like, and, yeah. and that was one of two birthing scenes in the episode. And there's one earlier in the season. Like they did away with the rape scenes, which probably a good thing. And they just replaced <laughs> them with birth scenes. Like, <laughs> yes. if we, if three, three already. And, and yeah. listen, as a man, I, I have not experienced childbirth, but they look all, they look terrible. I agree with Lanar where he's like, Man, like my condolences. Like I'm glad I'm not a woman. <laughs> like goddamn, yeah. I was like, I hear you, buddy. Um, what did he say? No? I, I took a I took a spear once. Or he's like, I took a spear in my shoulder, and she's like, yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> he's like, uh, Travis, what about you? What was the the cringiest moment of the episode for you? Yeah, I mean, other than other than the the birth scenes, for me, it was when she when she left to get burned by the dragon. Like that was the craziest thing because you saw it when Emma died in, in episode was it one or two when she died during childbirth and then she just left and get burned by the dragon instead. I thought that was crazy. And just again, mm-hmm. the, the continuation of, of the, of the birth issues were the cringiest parts of the whole episode. I yeah. honestly had that like going out to pasture to die by the dragon scene as like one of my favorite ones. Shocking. I know, but it was just because I feel like it was the first time. My favorite thing about game of Thrones was those mm-hmm. like red wedding. I have no idea what's going to happen. Are they actually going to do this? Are they actually going to kill these people? And we've just, in my opinion, not done any of that from House of the Dragon or just not, I wanted every single episode, every single scene. So this was the first time I was like, yo, yo, yeah. yo are they, they're actually <laughs> gonna make this happen. And also yeah. I just love the scenes with the dragons. And I kind of, for me, like the best part of this episode, like I'm Damon's biggest fan. And so I'm just like very interested in their storyline in general. So like, yeah, that mm-hmm. was sad, but I was like, damn that yeah. that's what i came for <laughs> how about they made they took that dragon took its time it was looking sad he's like i don't want to do know. it she's like so it yeah. <laughs> and so i actually i saw a tweet that was how like the men or you know ama uh, or emma at the beginning says like birthing is like giving war and so far the birthing scenes we've gotten are victory defeat and surrender i thought oh, that was yeah. cool huh. yeah it's cool damn i mean i never would have thought about that that's a really good point yeah a couple honorary mentions for a cringe moment uh, at the small council meeting when uh, Rhaenyra's nipples were leaking <laughs> through her oh. dress. That was wild. Uh, Laris Strong cutting out the tongues of the criminals and showing them stab the, the tongues and cut that out. That was pretty bad. And then, of course, uh, our, our Prince Aegon just just jaying his bird out the window for all of mm. King's Landing to see. All the people are like, God, again, God, like I'm trying to conduct my business down here. <laughs> you know, like well, the, the cringiest part of that scene though was his mom just walking in. Yeah, yes. like it was nothing. Yeah, like kept yes, talking, like, like, like what's happening? Like what? It's you true. Know. Like I personally thought it was hilarious that he was jerking it off of Tommen's death window, and Allison <laughs> just comes in and is like, "Excuse me, like we need to talk about the kingdom," and he just absolutely doesn't care yeah like his dick is still out he's like lying there like mama (laughs) like that to me was more like that was just hilarious but then when allison comes in and is like doing her whole thing i'm like she has lost her marbles like bro you're so yep (laughs) yep 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 Yep. well you talked about ali uh you talked about the new actress that plays um 
plays Allison, Olivia Cook, and how good of a job she did with some of her nonverbal acting as well as her her regular acting, her verbal acting. But Travis, I'll throw it to you. Who was your MVP of this episode? Yeah, MVP is definitely Larry Strong. I mean, he killed his whole family. He killed his dad <laughs> and his brother, and he didn't even do it. Like Allison didn't tell him to do it. She just kind of hinted that she didn't want them around anymore. So instead of just trying to find a different way or, or, or whatever he could do, he just said, okay, I'll just kill them both in, in a second. But that was crazy. He's definitely the MVP. He's also very upfront with Allison when, when she was talking about her dad, Otto, um, would never do the things that, you know, uh, Strong was doing. And he goes, no, he would also be partial to you, though. He was very upfront, very honest with her. And when you kill that many people that quickly, you're always the MVP of a Game of Thrones episode. So I think it was going away. Yeah, no doubt. He was, well, he, yeah, he was like, yeah, I mean, Otto wouldn't be partial either. And she's like, well, at least he'd be partial to me kind of thing. But yeah, yeah right. I'm really curious to see. He's just been out here snitching on everyone to the queen. And he, it seems like he's on the opposite side of his father and his brother. And then he obviously killed them. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, man, his ambitions are so much bigger than his love for his entire house, his father, his brother, that that's just a crazy thing what that guy did. But calculating and I'm, I'm worried about this guy for sure. Uh, Allie, what do you think? Well, who, who is your MVP? Um, well, so going, continuing off that, like that dude to me is just some like little finger wannabe with his budget <laughs> chaos is a ladder speech from this, which again, little finger, my favorite character chaos is a ladder, my favorite episode. But I was just like his dialogue in the background as people were again, quickly dying. Like, I think that mm-hmm. was my problem with it. Like you said earlier, Noah, it's like, Allison was like, man, I hate whoever. And he's like, Oh, I'll just kill them in five minutes. You know, yeah. um, it was just so extreme. Like I was just laughing. Like normally I think calculated moves like that are like big baller in Game of Thrones, but it's just like not enough calculation for me to respect it, I guess. It's the same thing with like Crab Feeder in the early episodes when mm-hmm. yeah, he got exactly. he's a big bad guy. He's just gone three episodes later. But the, with the time jumps, they don't have time to like build all these side characters. So yeah. They just, they off them like that. I guess that's what happens when you jump 10 years. All the building he did get to get there, we just didn't see. Then he got off. Mm-hmm. I accept that. Um, yeah. But as far as MVP, this is definitely going to be an un- unpopular opinion. But for the first time, I really thought King Viserys, like, despite the fact he looked like he could get killed <laughs> from a sip of McDonald's Sprite, like, I he, I thought he was great. Like, he didn't have a big part, but I just really appreciated, like, how hard he was sticking up for Rhaenyra. Like, when Allison's like, well, did, did you witness the act yourself? Like, bitch, did you? Like, what do you mean? Of course I'm going to stick up for my daughter. And then, um, even though I hate Allison, I just thought it was really badass that she and Rhaenyra are clearly, like, running the whole small council. Like, yeah. a- AKA yeah. running the realm at this point. And Viserys is just, like, Yas Queens. Like, he totally just sat back and, I mean, probably because he's dying, but... You know, I yeah. just thought he, he's seemingly okay with that. Also, I thought him not letting the hand bail was like one of the few power power moves, if you could call it that, that he's had. And I just appreciated that from him. So Prince Philip, aka King Viserys, MVP. This man came in walk looking like the crypt keeper. It's yeah. like little strings of hair. Like this guy, man, he has one arm now, like he has just a whole <laughs> sleeve like dangling up. <laughs> that yeah. dude looks terrible. But terrible. yeah, it's obvious. Whereas before 
uh, you know, Allison was like the noble wife and like, you know, had her opinions and stuff, but he was still running shit. You know, he was still the yeah. king. And it was obvious in this episode that Allison wears the pants in this relationship now entirely. And in, in that scene of the small council, Rainier is talking about the strife held between the two families and wanting to join to have her son marry uh, Allison's daughter and all that. And and Allison's like, oh, how sweetly the fox speaks when it's being cornered by the hounds. And the service is like, no, it's fine. Like, this is a good idea. And Allison goes, you could do what you wish, husband, when I'm cold in my grave. Cold <laughs> like, in my grave, yeah. So but, that was yep. pretty badass. Well, what the biggest said, surprise. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Travis. We'll get to it later. You can say the biggest surprise of the whole episode was him being being alive. He like the last <laughs> time we saw him, last episode, he was like collapsing during the wedding, basically dying. And like ten years later, we just he's just still alive. Like, oh, that's the most shocking thing. The MVP. Well, no, not to jump at the gun here, but he's my LVP. So I'll I'll let you go in a minute here. No, no, go ahead, Travis. LVP. Well, that's, that's a good transition. LV, LVP. Viserys is by far the LVP. He is. <laughs> To, to give him some respect, he's probably the best king we've seen in the Game of Thrones world. Like the original, you know, obviously Robert Baratheon was terrible. Joffrey, I know Ali as your guy, he was a terrible <laughs> king. Every king we've seen is terrible. At least the guy has, he's nice. Like he's, 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 he's friendly to people. He wants to do right by the kingdom, which is all great. But he's the softest dude I've ever seen. Yeah, He's unbelievably soft. Nobody respects him. He has no say in his own small council. Um, Allison says, you know, over my dead body, basically cold in my grave. I doesn't even give him a say with his own kids. He's a total loser. He's a total pushover. And it's obvious <laughs> that people are just waiting for him to die at this point. Like when he dies, we can get going. But until then, he's he's the LVP. It is true. Like his, it seems like his entire life is the prologue of the actual story. And once he dies, like then the real story is going to kick off and the real action and, and all the real drama is going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about that, Ali? <laughs> um about him well I, like I said he's my MVP and I guess like he's not necessarily my MVP but I just feel like this is a tangent but House of the Dragon has done a really good job of not like being progressive but you know Game of Thrones doesn't have to do that there's such a well-established show and I just think they've done a lot of things where like even like the set sex scene between Rhaenyra and Damon I thought was like really well done from the point of view of like the woman which we don't normally get and like yeah it was directed Allison by a woman what it was directed. Yeah, I know. Him. Yeah, yeah, great. And it was like obvious. And I thought it was, yeah, just Rhaenyra keep claiming that power. Um, even the scene in Pentos with Damon and Lena this episode, like Lena was fully involved in this like negotiation between like you have dragons, you know, we need them to fight Dorne or whatever. And they they're just there's a lot of women's seats at the table. Yeah, not to mention Rhaenyra being the heir and everything like that. So I think I'm just like hyper aware of that based on how much Game of Thrones didn't do that or how much strife there was at the beginning of this show based on around Rhaenyra being queen. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, and your LVP is who? Oh, my, sorry. Well, no, who's your MVP? I mean, I don't know. Like every time I, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I, I thought at first that Damon would be my MVP because you see, it looks like he's on a, a little dragon riding date with Lena. He looks so happy. He looks like he's a great husband and all that. Uh, they're like having fun flying the dragons together. Uh, he, he's like a good dad. Like the kids love him all that. I'm like, man, wow. It's like heartwarming to see what, what this guy has become in the last 10 years. But then he also doesn't love Lena. And she's like, you're more than this. You're more the, the man I married is more than this. Lena just wants to go home. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. what they didn't really say why, they're in pentos right like they didn't explain that did they well, 
they, they we're vagabond world travelers. Like that's basically what Damon is saying. And honestly, I'm with you. Like when we got to Pendos, I was like, this dude is living. And also when I found yeah. out, you know, he married Lena, I was like, how is he ironically the only one that ever does anything right in this entire mm -hmm. show? And yeah, I went through the same thought process of like, wow, he's a good dad. Who would have thought, which kind of got derailed in the end. But yeah. And yeah, I just love watching them ride the dragons every time. I'm like, this would be a dope roller coaster. In the uh, in the post episode <laughs> interviews, I think they said they were gone uh, from King's Landing to escape the politics of King's Landing. I think is what they said. Gotcha. He was just tired of it. Yeah. I thought it would be a little bit more interesting than that, to be honest. But no. I also thought so before <laughs> before Lena goes out and commits suicide and has the dragon burn her up, which was wild to see, as you talked about. They were talking about it. They're, they're like um, the surgeon or whatever is like, yeah, the, I don't, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. The baby's just not coming out. And he's like, well, I could, I could maybe cut it out. And and she's like, well, would the mother survive? And she's like, no. And so I thought there that this was a very obvious contrast that they're doing between Damon in this situation and what they did in episode one with Viserys. And I thought we were going to see Damon be much more. Um, I don't know, loving and sympathetic and not just like, yeah, mm -hmm. kill her ass and take this, get this baby out. Um, but ultimately she ended up killing herself anyway. So it wasn't really a big yeah. deal, but I just thought like, obviously that, that parallel, that parallel did <laughs> exist there. Um, so I guess I don't really, I don't know. I think you guys covered it pretty well with, with LVP. I do have um, an LVP or a couple LVPs, but <laughs> you know what? I'll, uh, Ali, I'll keep with you first. Who, who do you got there? Um, well, I also, I already said knock off little finger, but oh, yeah, yeah. Sir Kristen just like is the worst. He could not get it together. And I know like a lot is tailing off of last episode, but like he just sucks so much for obvious reasons, like ratting himself out for no reason, but also like he is the biggest simp ever. It's nope. like him and Rhaenyra literally fucked one time once when she was a <laughs> child and you want her to abandon being the queen. Like, why are you so obsessed with me? Like he, and then just like hates her guts, like very publicly. And when he's like, you're calls her a spoiled cunt, like bro, get over your weird, fragile male ego. Like that was 10 years ago. Like he is just, he just is so annoying. <laughs> he's so mad too. He's so mad. So mad. Yeah. He is so like, he thought he was, he was in he thought he was in the trust the trust tree with the nest where Allison was like kind of talking shit about her and it's like why does no one see this and he's like yeah and then he just took it a little bit too far he's like yeah and she's not you know she's doing all this and that spoiled cunt and then she looked at her yeah, and he's like, like oh I, I'm sorry yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I dishonor myself he thought he was in a safe place and he was obviously not um <laughs> so my LVPs are Allison's kids all of them because they're all fucking weird. They're all weirdos. You've got Aegon, who is going to, who is potentially the future king, right? He's the prince. Number one, he doesn't even care about being the king. Like when Allison's basically telling him, like, dude, you can't be teasing your brothers. Like, don't protect you. You got to protect your brothers yeah. and like screw these other kids. Like, they're they are your enemies basically. And he's like, you like they're gonna they're gonna make Rainier a king, and you're gonna be in danger. And he's like, well, that's fine. Like, I don't I'm fine with it. I don't care. Like, he didn't even care. Okay. Second of all, he Aegon, this actor, is literally Mike from Stranger Things with a wig on. He looks so weird. I can't get over it, man. I can't look at his face. Just like I couldn't look at Mike's face in that. I'm like, just keep him in California. Keep him away from Hawkins. Um, yeah, he, he's ugly. And he jerked off. He's just weirdo, okay? The second the second kid, Amond, doesn't Amon. have a... The only one without a dragon. 
he doesn't i don't even think oh yeah he, he doesn't say line in the beginning but they're teasing him they bring out the pig and like you just see this kid's face like you know this kid's gonna turn out to be a psycho because like the way that this kid is like he he's he's gonna be a weirdo for sure and then the daughter uh helena i think her name is she's a weird bug girl like they're talking about important things and she's like oh i have a little centipede i'm like you're <laughs> you're weird they're they're all weird uh so my lvp is the kids for sure but also a little note about the kids. It's interesting. And obviously I see what the director is doing of trying to really make this contrast with um, where her kids are obviously, Allison's kids are obviously the white hair, the blonde hair. Um, but also they're, they're wearing green all the time, which is the same as her dress. The, the oh, color, I didn't notice uh, that. Uh, yeah. Like the whole time when they're, when they're training in the yard with Sir Kristen and all that, you got the kids wearing, wearing like the black armor and then you got the kids wearing the green armor. And it's just a very obvious, like two sides type mm -hmm. thing. So yeah, those yeah. are my, uh, those are my LVPs. Um, I, I actually had a lot of thoughts about the kids too. You pretty much covered them perfectly. Like number one, we have weird jerk off boy who yeah, looks like a psychopath. Number two, we have just middle, probably later on the road, jerk off boy who doesn't have a dragon. And then the weird bug girl, like what yeah. was with all of them? But then maybe I am thinking too much into this, but I really liked the scene when um, Sir Kristen and Harwin are out there, you know, teaching the kids how to fight or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they like sick Aegon and Jace, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, obviously Aegon is older. And as they clearly already explained, like Sir Kristen is favoring the Targaryen boys for obvious reasons in terms of like teaching them to fight. And so, you know, they go through that whole fight scene and Aegon is clearly like, kind of whooping that ass on Jace because he, you know, is younger, less trained and he, you know, hits, hits him down. Kicks Jace kind of just pop, yeah, pops right back up and just like goes back, like runs back after him. And it just, I was kind of like, wow, like he's so wily. I wonder if this is a nod to like Allison versus Rhaenyra, like Rhaenyra's kids obviously just have so much like spirit and fight in them. And Allison's kids are just little bitches. They just happen to be older with better training, you know? but hmm. like more proper kind of like going with the rules a little like staying i don't know to the ways like you know fighting them and doing what he needs to do and listening to the advice versus just like the littler kids attacking and being more feisty like rhaenyra is that what you mean yeah it was just like he obviously had so much like more just spirit in him the other hmm. one was like oh i'm gonna do my duty and fight even though i'm weird and we'd rather be jerking off onto my fellow city members but <laughs> like, i'll just do this God. the other kid like seemed like he he was there he wanted to fight he showed Alice, allison's kids definitely don't want it like even when they, we was talking yeah. to allison he's saying well i just won't contest the throne then like he just doesn't want it doesn't want a piece of that i almost feel bad for him even though he's such a little weirdo i almost feel bad that they're making him enemies like he doesn't want to be enemies with his little cousins but they're just forcing it on him and he just wants no piece of it and and he'll definitely he's bigger now but he won't always be bigger and he's just not gonna win that mm -hmm. and allison's like you can't be treating your brother like that and he's like why he's a little bitch or yeah. Yeah. he's like or he's a little asshole or something <laughs> the, the good part about the kids being introduced is like leading up to the the series you know i read that there was going to be 15 or 18 dragons or something and to this point, I wasn't sure who's was going to write them all. But all of a sudden, that's the other thing with the 10-year time jump. It's like we went from like four dragon riders to like 12. Like all yeah. of a sudden, all the Valerians are all of a sudden riding dragons now. All the kids are going to ride dragons. And it's just like the, the intensity for the battle, you can see it coming. It's just yeah, way, more, way bigger now. Definitely. And they talk about the eggs that they're getting. I mean, the one that we saw, which was uh, like Varaxes or something like that was the the new one that we see that ended up getting bonded yeah. with Luceris or Luke they called them 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of cool also to see this like dragon bonding ceremony. And Ali mentioned it when we were watching this, that it reminded me of like um, in Harry Potter, where it's like the wand chooses the wizard. I don't know if you I don't know if you're a Harry Potter guy, Travis, but like they have a bond with it. Right. So it's like they have to, you know, work with it and and have it a whole ceremony like that. So I thought that was cool to see because, you know, up until that, we didn't really understand how something like that happens. So that was cool. Let me ask you what you mentioned again, the, the time jump. Did you care that we didn't get more of Rhaenyra and Harwin Strong's relationship? Like how that started, like anything with that? Like, did, did that bother you? Me? No, it didn't bother me. I mean, I just, you know, Rhaenyra, we didn't talk about her really because she didn't get LMP or MVP. She's just kind of the worst. Like she makes every, every decision she makes is the wrong decision. Like she could have just married him like 10 years ago and this would be not an issue at all. Um, so I don't, I don't really care about him, I guess. I, obviously he played his role. The kids are his. They won't, they haven't said it, but the kids are obviously his. They look just like him. So, he, you know, no, I don't, I don't really care. He, he did his job. He's in and out. It's fine. Yeah, I totally thing. agree. I don't, the time jump didn't bother me. Like, obviously she's out here doing whatever she wants. This was not a surprise. Yeah. But also, Noah, we mentioned this yesterday. Not that this was cringe, but I actually like guffawed at how creepy Harwin was in that opening scene when she's holding the baby. And it's just like very obvious it is his yeah. baby, just by how creepy he looks. And he looked like such a proud papa, <laughs> even when he was yeah. saying goodbye to the kids. I know. <laughs> I mean, like Lenore just kind of sneaks out. It's like, yeah. Lenor does not, Lenor does not care at all. And when, when, yeah. when uh, at the end, when Rainier is like, "All right, pack up, we're we're going to Dragonstone, we're getting, we're getting out of here," and uh, and Lenor's like, "But, but really, but why do we want to do that?" And and she's like, "Just bring, bring Carl with the cue, man, whatever." And and they're all happy. They had their little look together. They were all happy that he's going to go to Dragonstone with him. The only redeeming thing Rhaenyra has ever done was a, I don't know. I think you're. I think Rhaenyra. This episode, she was tough, um, but the younger Rhaenyra, I thought, was making great decisions all the time. I mean, she was honest. She's like, I, I'm going to do my duty. I'm going to do the right thing. I know the you know the politics and how this works. I have to marry Lenor because of you know we have to join our houses. We have to the stability of the realm, all that stuff. Um, but she still was like, I still want to do what I want to do. Lenor, you're going to do what you want to do, and so we have a little a little pact. And I thought that was yeah. you know thinking outside the box. I thought she's smart. I think she finds ways to get what she wants while still not, you know, going off the rails entirely. But then when you see 10 years later in this episode, I mean, it's the, it's the worst kept secret ever. Like be a little bit more, like if she just learned subtlety, if all these people just learned subtlety, I I really think everyone would be more okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was annoyed. Yeah. Noah, you mentioned earlier that Lenore is just literally off like being gay and things with Carl and like Rhaenyra like gets mad about it and is like stop drinking and going to the club and doing whatever and it's like girl like your kids are a walking example like I he should be able to do whatever he wants like honestly yeah. Rhaenyra how dare you get mad at him how dare you <laughs> okay when in the beginning when she presented the new newly birthed baby to Alicent and she's like oh do you have a name yet and he's like Joffrey it's yeah, the name is Jace Joffrey. And she's like, what the hell? Like, you're gonna name this yeah. baby after your lover? <laughs> like, whatever. She's like, I, I should still have, have a say in uh in my child. Good lord. The but... next kid is Coral. Coral. Carl. <laughs> Carl. Yeah, you know, Carl's <laughs> gonna get got, and the next yeah. next kid will be Carl for oh, sure. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, what else in this episode that we haven't touched on yet? Do you uh, do you have anything that that you want to talk about? Like far for as far as like future future you know plot lines, it's a big deal that Dorn is now aligned with the Triarchy. They didn't really talk about that much. They they hinted at it. I mean, they they, yep. they, they brought it up, but that's going to be a big deal coming up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because they're be fighting each other, and now apparently they have to fight the Triarchy as well and Dorn, who they've never been able to beat. So that was interesting. Yeah, what's her name? Allison's like, oh, the stepsons are a problem again. Uh, yeah. Damon just left without doing anything, like without mm-hmm. fortifying it. And he's like, no, no, you left with like we also yeah. fortified. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. So yeah, that that will be interesting to see. This is like whoever the second crab, the new crab feeder that also is <laughs> yeah. a, a sand snake or something. Um, mm. Definitely, I, I think what in, in talking about things that we need to watch for moving forward, mm. it's seeing once Rhaenyra and Lainor and their crew leave and go to dragonstone i think there's just going to be more and more of a division now that they're not together they don't have to fake you know with these packs of marrying each other and let's you know let's cut the bullshit let's um you know pull out the weeds whatever um and you will see this division really really growing and Mm -hmm. as the action ramps up yep yeah for me i feel like as far as predictions, it's just, it's just so hard. Like I've given up with George at this point. Like I, <laughs> I, there's no predicting. Although when Allison is like, you may do as you wish when I'm cold in my grave. I was like, I hope this is foreshadowing for like yeah. the next episode. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to last long. Like he's not going to be around forever. Yeah. I did like the, the line too, that, that Laner said, and then Rainier throws it back at him where, uh, He's like the wise sailor flees as the storm gathers, and I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of cool. And and she throws it back to him, and she he's like, "Why are we leaving now?" And she's like, yeah. "I was once told." So I like that's I think multiple times in this series so far where a mm-hmm. character, particularly Rhaenyra, will take a line that someone says to her either earlier in that episode or in a previous episode, and then throws mm-hmm. it back at them. And and Rhaenyra just did it in the last one with Damon, uh, where he he says what he says to her when they're in the little brothel thing, and then she throws it right back at him at, at the wedding when they're dancing. So it's pretty yeah. cool how how things like that keep coming back um in these episodes. But anything else you guys want to talk about before we close up? Um, well, I'll just say I thought the line throwing back was stupid because he, <laughs> like, you know, like not stupid that she tries to, but I don't think it landed at all. Like she, you know, he says his little line and she's basically like, I don't care. We're doing it my way. Just shut up. It's like, she didn't respect the line when it was delivered to her. And then she's like, Oh great. And like, now I can say this. And it's like, why should I respect it when you're saying it to me? You literally, it's not like you were like, Oh, good line lane or you win this one. You really got me. And then tries to use it herself. Well, I think that more she was just saying like, hey, you gave me this advice and I'm following your advice. She wasn't really saying it like, okay, you need to take your advice. She's just explaining that because she knew that all he cared about was not being split up from his guy. And so Mm -hmm. she said it. She's like, I'm taking your advice here and you could bring your guy done. Story, Story over. But uh, all right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of the Geek and You Shall Find podcast. We will be back next week on both the new Rings of Power and the new House of the Dragon. So make sure to subscribe and you can be notified when those episodes drop. Thank you again for assembling with us, joining the Superhero Faces team. Make sure to smash that like button, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and drop your thoughts on the comment section below. To all of our listeners in India, Alvida. Goodbye, everybody. We will see you next time.